meeting today's challenges with yesterday's experiences. Senior Wisdom is your opportunity to take in wisdom gained by our elderly population and apply this insight to your own life. It's a time machine of sorts, sending you back to challenges of pre-millennia years and places that stretch across the globe. Norm Westmore and his wife live in a life of fulfillment in a sleepy little town tucked in the Sierra Nevada mountains. You would never know that Norm's successes as a mechanical engineer and family man were born from a difficult upbringing on a farm with no father to guide his development. Something or someone was looking over Norm's shoulders because he experienced, around every milestone of his life, mentors that not only believed in him, but contributed to motivating Norm to be the best he could and act on his interest in life. It was the influence of uncles, neighbors around his family's farm, college professors, and bosses that oversaw his working activities that contributed to Norm's life successes. Norm has taken these experiences full circle. He and his wife volunteer their time and efforts to provide positive influence to youth and adults that need the wisdom of someone who has already found their way through the trials and tribulations of life's many choices. Senior Wisdom is ready to share another golden nugget. So adjust the volume on your laptop or handheld device and soak into a conversation with Norm Westmore. Well, I'm sitting here with Norm Westmore in Nevada City, California, and we're going to be talking about mentoring. He's had quite an experience with with mentors in his life, and maybe maybe Norm, you can explain how this whole thing evolved. I know it came back to your childhood, uh, as you, know, you didn't have a father figure in your life immediately, but but then again, you sure had a lot of other father figures come along. Yes, yes, I did, Steve. I had. Um, I had a number of people that saw something in me maybe that I didn't see in myself, and, and they encouraged me. They, f they found out what I uh, liked, and, uh, and, and a couple of those, uh, one was a man I worked for who was a farmer, and he gave me a lot of responsibility very early on. His name was Richard, he was Japanese heritage. And the other person that stands out, and I had a number of these, and so I'm going to go through them and then... And, well, and tell talk me, a little bit about uh, how they influenced my life. I'm, I'm sure they, they influenced you at different times, but you were telling me that you weren't really a dandy, a fantastic student in high school. In fact, you played the, the hooky game quite a bit. Right, I did. You? did. At that time, where did you have these, these father people involved in your life, or maybe it happened as a result of your high school circumstances? Uh, actually, it, it happened as a result, although uh, Richard, um, the Japanese man, when I worked for him, I was very responsible, and he saw that, and he, and, and, and he gave me more responsibility. But as a student in high school, the person that probably was most influential in getting me to pursue a degree, to go to college even, was uh, a, uh, a dean of men at Yuba City High School. And uh, I, as a junior, I had just gotten a car, and I was really good at fixing cars. And of course, we're living on a farm. We, um, you know, hopped them up, and, and we actually raced them. I would miss a lot of classes. And interestingly enough, classes I went to were my math classes and my chemistry class and physics class, and then considered English and foreign language and social studies as a complete waste of time. So I would just leave school and I would come back in the afternoon. And one time, as I snuck into the parking lot, the Dean of Men uh, was uh -oh. waiting for me. 
<laughs> and uh, he stood there and he just motioned. He didn't get all upset. He just motioned with his finger and said, let's go into my office. And that began uh, actually what turned out to be a, an incredible uh, experience for me. And instead of uh, haranguing me, he looked in my eyes for a, a, a moment and says, what's going on here? And he had all of these uh, missed classes. And uh, out of a series of meetings, he engaged me in what I wanted to do and by asking me questions and uh, reflecting on the fact that uh, I did go to some of the science classes. You mean, the, you mean the big question, like, what do you want to do in your life? Exactly. Or? Okay. Yeah, what do you want to do? And, I, you know, I was a kid. I said, well, I guess I'll go work on the farm. Uh, that's what my uncle wanted me to do. And he said, is that what you want to do? I mean, I, that was virtually what he said to me. And he got me to thinking about it, and he said, well, it seems to me that you're interested in some of the sciences and so on. Have you ever thought about going to college? And I said, I don't have any money, and my grades aren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And he said, well... Who can, who can fix at least one of those things? Out of those uh, meetings, and he actually had me come to his office for an hour to an hour and a half. Was this kind of a deal that you guys made yeah, together? Yeah, he, he struck mm-hmm. a deal and, uh, with me and uh, said he, wouldn't, he was sure that I wouldn't get failed in uh, those classes, but I would have to make up the work. So he set really high standards. I would call it tough love, if you will. Here's what I expect from you. He didn't rant and rave. But he really did change my way of thinking. And uh, out of those meetings, I, I attended classes. I didn't really have much choice, actually. He didn't give me a lot of options. Yeah, but you could have been recalcitrant. You could have just thought to yourself, I'm not going to follow this guy's lead. I'm going to do what I want. I'm in charge of my own life. But it sounds like you heard something in his words. Well, I did, and the way he approached that is he, I mean, he started uh, talking about the things that I like to do, and I like to fish and to hunt, and so that's, and he liked to do that, you know, we were in the farm areas, and so he was, a, he liked to fish, so he found out what it was that I was interested in, and then he actually, if you will, led me on a journey of, and showed me possibilities, and I, I came out of that, uh, those sessions, and he said, well, you know, there's an engineer from PG&E that's coming to speak to our seniors. I was a junior at the time. He said, why don't you go to that meeting and listen to what this engineer has to say? And I went to that. Actually, I wasn't the only junior. There were about four or five of us there. But uh, anyway, he encouraged me to go to that. And I heard that. And I remember saying, I want to be an engineer. And I thought an engineer was somebody that ran a train. Uh, I, didn't have, uh, oh, yeah. I didn't have a clue in terms of what an engineer did. But it seemed like a good fit because I had uh, skills on how to fix things and working on the farm. So was and, it a mechanical engineer that you became? And I became a mechanical engineer. Yeah, okay. And I, so, so that dean was instrumental uh, in getting me into college. I got into college. I couldn't get into universities uh, level, but I went to a community college. And in that community college was a second great mentor. And, uh, and, and this man was Dr. Miller, and he... Uh, was instrumental in encouraging me to apply, uh, along with several of my uh, colleagues, to apply for the University of California at Berkeley. And um, I didn't have the grades coming out of high school to do that, and he said, uh, not to worry. All you have to do is pass a uh, test to get into the College of Engineering, and I'm going to prepare you to do that. And he was uh, on us all the time. And I will never forget his comment in the first calculus class 
and I, had, I was way behind in math because I didn't get it in high school, I should. He said, there are 38 of you in this class, uh, which was a really small class, but think of it as a community college. Mm -hmm. And he said, no more than 12 of you will graduate from this class. Uh, and uh, he set that as a standard and he was, he really, well, he pushed us. And uh, I think uh, after the two years, there were actually 10 of us that went on to four-year colleges. I'll be darned. So he really put the pressure on. He did. Was that type of pressure advantageous for you? It was. At yeah. that stage of my life, I needed that. And so those two people were instrumental in encouraging me. Mm -hmm. And, and, and it, what it did for me is it, it upped my self-esteem. Mm -hmm. And I, I gained confidence in my skills. Out of that, I was successful at the University of California, got my degree. I recall that my uncles and my mother, my, many of my families, came to graduation at Berkeley, and that's the first time many of them had ever even been in the Bay Area. Did, did your Japanese uh, neighbor, who was actually a, a mentor also, did he come? No, he did not. He did not make it to that graduation. But I remember we were in the football stadium, and the football stadium held um, capacity was about... Uh, 75,000 people, and in those stands were probably 60,000 people, and my family was there. And on the football field were all the graduates. And uh, so my family was very proud of me. I was the first one of our family to graduate from college, of all those cousins that I mentioned. So no, they, my family didn't encourage me to go to college, but, but they did support me and were very proud of me. Those mentors established, I, I think, a belief in me early on that Later on, I became interested in helping people, both in the world of work. And then when I went into the corporate world, I interviewed many companies, and uh, I want to come back to um, a common theme that is a wisdom and a nugget, and that is don't be discouraged by failure. So the first job I had was with Douglas Aircraft, and I worked, and I was going to be an aeronautical engineer, and I was really excited about it. Eight months after I went to work for them in Los Angeles, the project was finished, the plane was turned over to the Navy, and I was laid off. Oh, they had no other projects? No, I worked, uh, actually I worked for about two months on the DC-8 certification, it was just coming online then, and I worked on that, but after that I was laid off. So that was the, the hazards of working in the defense business. What did that evolve into? Uh, well, I made a commitment that I didn't want to work in, in, in that unstable environment. So I interviewed a number of different companies and ended up taking a job with Pacific Bell. I went to work telephone, in the Bell system, yeah. in the telephone company. I chose that company because they had a management program. And this goes back to that, I call it the can-do kind of uh, theme. And their management program is they tested their young college graduates and you either excelled in non-traditional areas or you were removed from the program. And so it was a challenge to me. I took it. I thought it was a great program, and I was very blessed in my career there. And I had a number of mentors in the company as I moved through my career. And I was confronted uh, many, many times with very difficult jobs, areas of operation that were brand new or were failing, and I was thrown into these, and that's how they tested, and they weeded out people. And uh, I. I had people that believed in me, threw me in these situations, and I was successful most of the time. You were a what-if guy. If there was something not quite right, you asked, well, what if we did this, or what if we did that? You really were a problem solver. 
Do you think that problem-solving capacity that you have stemmed from the type of mentoring that you received? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely it yeah. did. It was, it was people that believed in me. The thing I also had when I was thrown into these situations in the world of work, mm -hmm. I thought none of them were as, as critical as what I had faced on the farm. So you think about it in perspective, you look, look at it differently, you know? Yeah, I, I, I could go work someplace else. Or I could. So I, basically when I was thrown into these difficult situations, I didn't have a lot to lose really, because they were already failing in many, many cases. So the chances of improving it were good, where many people didn't want to, they would turn down those, those things. Mm -hmm. They would turn down those tough positions. And uh, there were a few of us that took them on. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, upper management then loved that. Okay, they wanted people to do that, because again, you did what it took to get the job done. Mm -hmm. Reflecting back to your farming background in farming, if if you're just run, if you're just going too slow, weather comes in, you've lost your harvest, you've lost an entire year's worth of economics <laughs> of money, right. and that's severe for a family. And if things don't go quite right in the field of mechanical engineering on some project, then you just kick back and drink a glass of water and think about it and scratch your head and go back to it again. It's not as threatening. And I think, is that what you mean by? Yes, yes, okay. exactly, okay. exactly. That it was, so, so in comparison to what I was faced with when I was a young uh, you know, teenager and, and in those formative years, uh, it wasn't any big deal so for me. So, so I had a lot of blessings along the way. And uh, what I would say that those, those blessings led a, me and my wife, both of us to give back then to our children. So we got involved in our church. We got involved in our children's uh, sports programs. As, as mentors yourself? As mentors, as leaders. You took this full circle, didn't you? So in our church, we became advisors to our church, young people in church. We took the kids, you know, camping and skiing and all of those things. And, uh, we, incur and we went to all of our children's events and actually worked at those events. Uh, one of our daughters was a competitive gymnast, gymnast, so we would go to those events. So we became supporting parents, even though we were both working. Mm -hmm. So really, as we apply this today, it sounds like what you're suggesting is that each of us has a capacity to be a mentor for the future generation and think about your past and what motivated you and apply that to the future with, with our kids and youth and even young adults that might be having a hard time right now. Be a part of their growth. Uh, absolutely, I think that's the kernel. And it's not just uh, for the youth as well. I, I think young people, in, young professionals in the 30s and 40s, we can, be, we can help them be successful to cope with the pressures of a job, the pressures of a responsibility, uh, the pressures of parenthood, all those things that are coming at them. It's a, it, it can be very daunting. Or maybe they're, they're struggling with a job. Maybe they've lost their job. Maybe they've got financial issues. I think that those of us that have lived through some of these can really give them something of value that can help them grow. Well, you were helped in your life, and now you're helping others. That sounds like uh, some pretty good wisdom that you're applying in the world. Yeah, I get a lot of joy and fulfillment out of, uh, of working with the nonprofits. I think we talked the other day, I, I work... Uh, you know, just uh, when I say work, it's uh, it's all a pro bono. It's a passion of love. So yeah, really. right. So I I work I conduct workshops for uh, nonprofits and I uh, and I advise them, 
because I'd like for them to be successful, because a lot of these nonprofits give back to the community in very, very special ways. And those in turn help. Last night, just last night, my wife and I went to the local Friendship Club graduation where seven young women have been in a program. And they literally, these young women, seven of them, uh, from the time they were in the fifth grade have been uh, mentored and helped with the volunteers and staff of the Friendship Club. And it was just absolutely amazing. This room was packed and uh, many of us has helped that organization uh, be what it is today. Well, you truly represent a senior with wisdom. So thank you again for your time. Thank you, Steve. It was great talking to you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye.